This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kane in the pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked! And Pick it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who? Mike Thomas! Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Ho, 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 baby! Hey, y'all, what is up? Who dat? And welcome in. I am Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm going to apologize in advance. I think I'm getting a cold or something. So if I sound more nasally than usual today or I cough directly into the microphone, I apologize in advance. I don't want to chew gum or whatever. So we're just going to have to deal with it. But, you know, there is some news we need to talk about today. So we'll get into that at the top. I also want to talk more about Clint Kubiak. We had an interview on Sports Talk with 49ers insider Evan Gettings give us some Info, intel on what all Clinton has done this year, the impressions of Clint from that side of the equation. And we'll get into a lot more on that. I also want to talk about, you know, there was an article written today about the Shanahan offense. I think it was from Ben Solak. Someone sent it to me and I read it and it's very good. You should check it out. It's on The Ringer. And, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, okay, what does that mean exactly? What is the Shanahan offense? What are we going to actually look for within the same scheme next year with the quote-unquote Shanahan offense of it all. And then finally, we're going to close out with a mailbag in the final segment of this program. I'm going to try to keep it to around 45 minutes. So we'll uh, I, I say that almost every time, and it never happens. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But for, you know, first things first, I do want to follow up. So last episode, we did a whole you know off-season plan segment talking about all the restructures. You know, I, I did go through all of that and posted an article on WWL.com, kind of going through, okay, what's the process here? Who do you restructure? Who do you do whatever? Um, and I was actually, you know, in, I think in last week's episode or earlier this week's episode, I mentioned that I think Alvin Kamara gets restructured. Well, as I went through it, I was able to find a way to get to cap compliance, which is the first step. 
and you worry about it from there without restructuring Alvin Kamara and with only restructuring five players that are 35 or I'm sorry, that are 31 or older. Uh, and I thought it was interesting. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's going to end up looking like. So if you have, if you do want to kind of see how that all breaks down, go check it out at WWL.com. But that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking about coaching and coaching shakeups, and they continue to happen. I don't, it's not a coincidence that the Saints hone in on, home in on Clint Kubiak, and now you're making decisions on a lot of these coaches, assistant coaches, whatever. Now, I was a bit surprised by the most recent one in that it's Ronald Curry, quarterback's coach. He's moving on, whatever you want to call it. You could. There's always this distinction between the parted ways versus fired versus whatever. At the end of the day, they said, this, you're not going to coach here anymore. And that guy said, okay, bye. Right? Like that's that at the end of the day, that's the, the whatever you want to call it, whatever process you want to take to get there, that's where you are. And the Saints, this the latest moves is reported. Ronald Curry out as quarterbacks coach. Kevin Carberry, who was the assistant offensive line coach under Doug Marone, who was also fired earlier this week. He will be the Bucks offensive line coach, which, you know, it's it's interesting. You see teams kind of cannibalize coaching staffs within the division. And now the Bucks have their offensive line coach with a pretty in-depth knowledge of what the Saints have been doing and kind of the, the tendencies of their offensive linemen. Now the Saints are going to have a new offensive line coach at the end of the day. So some of that's going to change. It's going to be a new offense. So a lot of that's going to change. Some blocking schemes are probably going to change. But he does know those players. He knows exactly what Trevor Penning struggled with all year, right? He knows he knows what guys like to do, what they don't like to do. So I'm not a huge fan of that if I'm the Saints. But you know, you 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 kind of that's the the risk you run when you change systems, when you change schemes. Now Ronald Curry is interesting, and to me, when I'm I'm saying I'm surprised by it, I'm not surprised that he wanted to leave. I'm not surprised that Ronald wanted to do something else. I, the only surprise for me was that I thought that the Saints would probably want to just keep someone who had worked with Derek in the in the conversation so that the transition to the Clint Kubiak offense was smoother. Now, the reports are that they offered him the wide receiver coach job. He's done that previously. It wasn't completely out of left field. He came in as an offensive assistant, I want to say, in 2016. Then he spent two years as the wide receivers coach before shifting to quarterbacks coach. So it wasn't random. It wasn't like, ah, well, let's just find him a job. It was a pretty clear indication to me that the Saints have an idea of who they want to hire as their next quarterbacks coach. Clint Kubiak understands who he wants to hire as the next quarterbacks coach. And it wasn't Ronald Curry. They still wanted to keep Ronald around if they could, but that was a non-starter. And I don't blame, I don't blame RC for, for leaving. And, it, and this was kind of what I was saying. I've said so many times at this point, I'm like a broken record. The decision the Saints had to make this offseason was whether you want Ronald Curry to be your offensive coordinator or you want him to be the offensive coordinator for somebody else, anybody else, right? And now all the offensive coordinator jobs are currently taken. So that's not happening this season. But clearly... I'm not going to go so far as to say it was a it was like a a you know slam the door on your way out like burning bridges on your way out like that's I don't think that's what happened but when you get passed over for a promotion time after time after time after time I understand I've been in that situation I'm not in NFL coaching ranks but I think a lot of people uh, can say they've been in a situation where it's like you feel like you deserve a, a promotion you're in you're the internal candidate 
and you know everything that needs to happen. You've been in this process. You've been being quote unquote groomed for a position. And then, you know, the organization, the company, whatever, go says, uh, we're going to go with Mr. Outside Hire. Well, at the end of the day, they can dress that up in whatever way they want. They can say, oh, we really appreciate you. We think you're a great coach. We think you're whatever. We think you're integral to what we do. At the end of the day, the person in that situation is going to be like, it doesn't matter what you tell me. Your actions tell me all I need to know in terms of what my future is with this organization. And you can talk, he can say a lot. You can, you know, you can say how much the players liked Ronald Curry. Derek Carr liked working with Ronald Curry. At the end of the day, the Saints organization clearly didn't feel like he was he was the man for the job. Now, I think part of that, and I've said this as well, you know, it's the timing of it is very difficult. And I understand why the team wanted to go outside the organization and change some things up. I think RC just became a victim of the timing. And realistically speaking, and this was something I'm critical about because halfway through the season, I'm saying, hey, make Ronald Curry the play caller. Let's see what this offense looks like with Ronald Curry. And the reason you can't really hire Ronald Curry this offseason is because you needed to do it last offseason. Heck, two offseasons ago. If you wanted to maintain things while changing things up, to some extent, getting new blood, getting new ideas. It would have had to happen last offseason. This offseason, I think you that that ship has sailed because you know you need to make sweeping changes. And you were always going to do that somehow. And it just it, it became a very difficult scenario where and it's not even it's not even from a fan reaction perspective, but me personally, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, man, just in the sense of trying to explain to people and trying to tell people that their base reactions of like, I can't believe they're doing this are not reasonable. It's like, man, I just don't want to have those conversations. (laughs) But, and at the same time, they're not all unreasonable. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, one thing that I, that I would have said is, hey, you don't know what RC would have brought to the offensive coordinator position. Just because he's been here previously doesn't mean he thinks all of the things you have done are good and would not change any of them and wouldn't have any new wrinkles to add to the situation. Like you don't know that, but from a optics perspective and from the perspective of, yes, I do want to modernize the system. It makes sense. Now the Kevin Carberry leaving, I think that was just a product of, okay, you're, you're rebuilding pretty much the entire stuff. I'm not convinced that you're done firing people. Now Clancy Barone, tight ends coach, I do think is safe in that job. I think he's a very well-respected coach. I had one person saying, well, Jawan Johnson's performance this season is an indictment on the coaching. And you could say that, you could argue that, but I would also point to the injuries and a lot of the issues that he dealt with and the inconsistency from the quarterback position, the inconsistency at the tight end position. But I think what you saw late in the year was encouraging. And you also had a career pass catching year out of Taysom Hill, a guy I'm going to talk about later in this episode a little bit more in depth in terms of the Shanahan of it all. So I I, I understand it. I, I really do. But you know one one thing that I that I that I will gripe about is 
the messaging from the organization in terms of why you're doing what you're doing has done a complete 180. And I don't think it's ever been adequately explained. Um, you know, they don't have to explain it, but you have now moved on from seven assistant coaches in back-to-back years. And I say it like that because some were fired. Some like Ryan Nielsen left to be the offense defensive coordinator for the Falcons. That's not a firing. That's a departure. Declan Doyle went to be Sean Payton's tight ends coach in Denver. That's not a firing. That's a departure, right? So not everyone you moved on from was a firing, but at the end of the day, that's 14 coaches over the last two seasons that you have moved on from in some capacity. This year, it's Doug Marone, offensive line coach, Cody Burns, wide receivers coach, Ronald Curry, quarterbacks coach, and Joel Thomas, running backs coach. Just four different position coaches. Not to mention Bob Bicknell, who's an offensive assistant. <laughs> Last year, it was, you know, Zach Streif left, right? You you had a bunch of, you know, Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, you know, and, and, and a handful of others. Corey Robertson was a assistant secondary coach, whatever. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of changes. You can no longer look at this and say that the culture that was established is being carried forward by the people who were responsible for establishing it. Right. And you can say that there's been a lot of cracks in that culture over the last two seasons. And at some point, the mission goals for the front office changed from, hey, we have a culture and we have continuity and we're going to maintain it and and we're going to find a way. At some point, that shifted to get all of Sean's guys out the building. Right? And I don't know exactly when it happened, but it's clear that it happened. I mean, go up and down this coaching staff and tell me who on it is linked to Sean Payton in any way beyond Dennis Allen. And you will not find any. So, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll find a couple in terms of, you know, guys who are still, you know, Jari Evans, for example, is still in the assistant offensive line coach role. I'm interested if he stays there, um, you know, and, and I and I also wonder how much of this is in the negotiation for hiring a new offensive coordinator, because I do feel like the Saints went into this a little bit under leveraged in terms of having any negotiation negotiating power with Clint Kubiak. I think they wanted him real bad, and he knew that. And he said, I'm bringing in all my own guys, and it doesn't really matter what you guys think. Now, maybe the Clancy Barone is interesting. I don't know how much of that was a Dennis Allen, uh, Mickey Loomis kind of choice versus Clint. But, but they have crossed paths, like Clint has coached with Clancy in Denver previously. So there's some connection there, right? Like it's not like they're going to go into this blind. So who knows? That could have also been a Clint thing, but one, one way or another, Clint is rebuilding this staff and, and that's become clear. And I do, again, I think it's interesting that they tried to keep RC around, but I also blame him 0% for being like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go out to Buffalo, hang out with Josh Allen and, and Joe Brady, another guy that has connections to the saints. Right. And uh, we're going to do our thing. I hope he's got a winter coat, is all I'm going to say, because uh, that's going to be a <laughs> that's going to be a shift from a uh, from a wardrobe dynamic and a weather dynamic. But I'm rooting for him. You know, I fully expect Ronald Curry to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL uh, over <laughs> at some point. You know, uh, the, the only reason that I if I was trying to pitch Ronald Curry <laughs> on staying, it would have been like, hey, you see how this coaching carousel works. 
And if you stick on the staff, you know, what are the odds Clint gets hired away from us next year and you're and you're in there again? But he's like, you didn't hire me this time. You didn't hire me last time. You didn't hire me the time before that. I'm not playing that game. So uh, I'm rooting for him. I hope he I hope he has some success out in Buffalo. I hope he can uh, get to that offense coordinator job that I know he wants before long. Now, you know, that, that, and that opens the door. You know, I, I did. I think quarterbacks coach is an interesting one. And as you look as you look at it a little bit more closely, it does make sense that Clint would want his own guy because I think the quarterbacks coach has to be kind of a right hand man of the head coach of the offensive coordinator, right? Like I think you want them to be kind of an extension in terms of they know what you want and you know that they're going to lead things in the direction that you need them to lead it. And so the question becomes, okay, who does Clint bring in? I think that's going to be the first the first domino you knock down. Um, or at least it should be, in my opinion. Now, you're not going to be able to do any of this until after the Super Bowl in terms of having Clint kind of come in and sit down with guys. But, you know, I do think that that's, that that's one you need to knock down. So who could that be? Now, there's two names that have been talked about a lot, and I think they've been talked a lot about, about a lot for a good reason. And I would not be surprised at all if you see any, either of these guys come in is Brian Greasy, who is working with Clint Kubiak out with the 49ers now. He's the quarterback's coach. And my only question with Brian, and I'm not entirely sure, and this is always kind of a gray area, is would coming from San Francisco to become the quarterback's coach passing game coordinator, which Ronald Curry was, be a a promotion? I don't know. It's a question that I don't have the answer to, <laughs> but that'll be a that that'll obviously be a big factor because if it's not considered a promotion, then the 49ers could block it. They might not, right? Like not every team wants to do that. Most teams don't want to hold hostages, right? Joel Thomas wanted to go to the Giants to be the running backs coach there. It's a lateral move, but if blocking it is like you know, it's like he wants to leave. Let him leave. How 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 productive will the guy be for you if you're holding him hostage, right? Like I don't I don't think that's a good scenario to be in. So if Brian Greasy does want to leave, there's a chance that even if it is a lateral move, technically the 49ers might not block it, and they they turn over their system and their and their staff pretty regularly. So they're I think they're equipped to do that. So he's a guy that we'll see. The Saints interviewed him for the offensive coordinator job. They know him well. I don't know about the working relationship between Brian and and, and Clint, but. I imagine it's it's decent considering the success they've had. Um, the other guy, and this is another guy who's been mentioned and he's worth mentioning, is Clay Kubiak, another another K name. He is Clint's younger brother. He is the assistant quarterbacks coach with the 49ers right now, and that would definitely be a promotion. So if this if they did want to try to poach Clay Kubiak, they they could, I believe. Um, so those are just two names and there's going to be a lot of names. I'm not going to sit here and just start naming assistant coaches. There's guys that Clint has worked at, worked with in Denver. There's guys that Clint has worked with in Minnesota who could be on the docket. You're going to have plenty of time to figure this stuff out. Um, I don't think you necessarily need these assistants, these position coaches to be in the scouting of it all. Um, maybe at the end of the day when before the draft, you might want these guys settled in so you can get their input on some guys. But I don't think that that's a huge... I don't think that you're rushing this process is what I'm trying to say. So I think this is going to play out over the course of several weeks after the Super Bowl on Sunday. But I think, you know, if you were wondering the question of just how much was going to change, just how much of this system was going to be fresh and new and coming from new faces and hearing from new voices, it's basically everybody. It's basically the entire room. And I don't know if that was the plan going into this offensive coaching search this offensive coordinator search, but it's definitely the plan coming out of it because 
everyone is gone other than other than Clancy Barone. And that means that you have now in the last two seasons changed seven position coaches and both offensive and defensive coordinator. Continuity, it's not a thing anymore. And if this team has success and, and finds what they need, then it's going to look like a genius move and they'll have landed in the exact place they want. If it falls apart, then not only was the initial plan a mistake, not only was the initial plan to try to maintain the Sean Payton scheme or culture or whatever, then it will have meant that you doubled down on that mistake with the same head coach. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pressure on this season. I really do. But all right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little more about Clint Kubiak. We got an interview with Evan Gettings, who's a 49ers insider. Going to give us his input, his insight into Clint and all that. And I want to talk about uh, the Ben Solak article a little bit about the Shanahan system, all that. Again, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. If you're watching this on YouTube, as you have to be right now while we're live, uh, make sure to ring the bell. We're, you know, we're creeping up toward 10K. I want to hit 10K before the draft. I think we have a chance. But if you're watching this and you're not subscribed, why not hit the hit the bell? If you're listening to this as a podcast, make sure to rate and review wherever you are. And, you know, as always, I appreciate everyone watching, everyone hanging out. We're going to have a mailbag in the final segment. So make sure to get your comments, questions, hot takes, whatever in the feed. And I'll get to as many as possible. I see a good number already in there. But all right, we'll be right back. 